This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Score North and scorenorth.com. And away we go. Yes, away we go with a live Feedback Friday edition of Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And the math is kind of tough for this season to make that happen. So some of our conversations have been about if they can't really win one this year, are there things they could maybe do to make it more likely they win it? In another three-year window, and there's a bunch of, I would say, like, the majority of our feedback questions, which you guys can always submit throughout the week via the Score North app. That's the best place to submit to be on Write That Down, Feedback Friday, um, and then we monitor the YouTube comments, too. But a lot of people just kind of talking about trade deadline stuff, Kirk Cousins debates always raging in the feedback. We'll get to uh, all sorts of stuff from you guys here, but. Bears and Vikings on Sunday, gentlemen. Might be time to stop at your local quick trip and load up for the weekend, Judley. Might be time. So you you guys, uh, when, when I do a certain spot on this show, always like to make a beeping sound. And, and what I would like to do is bring that to the quick trip spot here because we've got some stuff from quick trip to show you including the quality when when this truck shows up you know what it means it means quick trip it means great gasoline Uh, you've got you've 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 got your karuba coffee that's right absolutely outstanding and you have your selection of great food imagine that one-stop shopping fried chicken and bone it's quick trip roasted whole chicken on special every monday it's quick trip Chicken tenders, hand-breaded, jumbo. Uh Uh-huh. Once again, guess what? One stop. It's Quick Trip. Chicken sandwiches, boneless wings. The fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, the presenting sponsor of Purple Daily is Quick Trip. And what they do is they provide quality. <laughs> and my God, if that's a, getting that's a, a semi truck for the audio audience yeah. who's like, what the yes. hell are they yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a semi truck. <laughs> and my God, if I was eight, I would play with the sucker all day long. I absolutely I love it. But I'm 53. So instead, I will drink the Karuba coffee. Quick okay. trip. Check them out. Awesome, man. By the way, uh, uh, you got your quick trip hat. I got the quick trip trucker hat here. And we were, we were debating in the office yesterday. The Quick Trip logo, there's four things on this, like, patch, right? Mm-hmm. There's the Quick Trip logo. There's the established in 65. And then there's two little, like, emoji icons for things you can find at Quick Trip. Like, there's the gas pump and then the bananas. And we're like, how many people got in a room? I want, I want to go back and be in that room. And we decide, is it the banana? Is it the, you know, what do we put on the, uh, on the hat? And I want to be that guy who makes those decisions in the room. Anyhow. That's your job, then. Okay. You take that job. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Feedback Friday. Let's get right to the questions here, starting with nonstop BS, the nonstop BS pod. This is via, via X or Twitter, actually. Seriously, name the last complete teardown and rebuild that turned into a Super Bowl. By the way, the Vikings ain't going to do it. They're too smart. They know that if they do that and it goes wrong, they'll turn into the next Chicago Bears. 
why you never see good organizations do it. <laughs> I, I brought this up because I want to clarify. I think there's, first of all, we've banned the word tank on this show. If anything, we're talking about opportunity, opportunity to get better for the future, opportunity to stockpile assets, right? To get a little younger, just a little more cost controlled, cost effective, right? I don't think anyone reasonable is calling for a complete teardown. Is trading like two or three expiring contracts a complete teardown of a 53-man roster? I, am I missing something? Who's calling I, for a complete a complete teardown? Is like trade Jefferson, trade you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, and I got really bad news for the folks who are like, hold on a second here. You're talking about trading Hunter. You're talking about trading those. Um, it already started. The call is coming from inside the house. Thielen, Kendricks, Cook started this. Like this would just be a continuation of of trading and or releasing guys who are either in the last year of their contracts or in the opinion of management no longer contributing as much. So like if you don't like this idea, you gotta you gotta re hit the rewind machine to March probably because that's when that's when this started. Because Phil, to your point, yeah, if we were talking about and I know there I know there are some who like the idea. I personally do, do not, you know, trade Jefferson and maximize that. Now that is tearing it down. But veterans and expiring contracts, that's not a teardown. That's looking to the future and trying yeah. to maximize opportunity. I agree it's, with you. It's mal it's actually malpractice if you don't look at expiring contracts objectively, look yeah. at your team where it's at. Because again, those guys can go wherever they want to. Daniel, if Daniel Hunter decides, yep, my contract's expiring, or Kirk Cousins decides, yep, my contract's expiring. Ezra Cleveland, KJ Osborne, you know, I don't, we're not really, yeah, we're not really uh, contending the way that we thought, or I don't think this team can pay me the money that I'm worth, right? Then they get to choose to go somewhere else. So before they make that choice, if you have an opportunity to get a draft pick for them, it would be malpractice to not explore that when you're sitting at one and four, and probably two and five, or maybe one and six in two weeks from now, right? So uh, Clint from the Youp chimes in, says, curious on your guys' takes on this. Do you fellas think that the Wilfs are Kirk stands or Kirk haters at their core? This decision coming up could be vital for our future in the next few weeks before the trade deadline. I know they've been stuck on guys before and maybe too involved. What do you think? It's interesting. I don't Ducks, think it's ahead. necessarily like black and white that they are one or the other but i will say on the pendulum it definitely swings more towards stands than haters like i i've yet to see any evidence that would suggest that the ownership does not like kirk cousins he's stable he's consistent i mean hell the the vikings as much as people love to make fun of them for never winning super bowls that's what they that's the wilfs try to be is stable and consistent and and relevant every every you know every 10 years basically so they they probably look at Kirk as this safe, reliable quarterback. I don't. I would say it definitely leans more towards stands than it would be towards haters. I think that's exactly right. But I also think that when uh, Spielman signed Kirk, I also think the Wolves were sold a package that they can't get past, which is this guy at that time is the final piece to the puzzle. Um, he gives us our best quarterback in forever, like as far as, as what they thought. And so I do think the Wilfs hold on to this vision of Kirk was going to be the, the guy. And I, I know they fired Rick, but, you know, keep in mind, they trusted Rick Spielman for a long time, a long time. And so, yes, I think it's a combination of things. But if Kevin O'Connell tells them flat out, hey, guess what? He's not my guy. 
I think pivoting off Kirk would not be exactly a a miraculous thing for the Wilbs at that point. Yeah, I think they text each other. I think Mark, Ziggy, Lenny, oh, yeah. I think all the Wilves text each other on their group thread right before bedtime. You like that? You like that? You like that? Yeah. You like I that? like that. Yeah. You like that? I like that. I, I, I would like pay that. great money. I just said that we liked it. You like I would pay good money to see the Wilfs go to Chili's with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Two for ones, mm-hmm. little two for one action. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam fifty thirty chimes in here, YouTube comments and says, "For those that do not want to or are afraid to move on from Kirk Cousins, I got one thing to say: scared money don't make money. Extending Cousins is betting the table minimum. That is little loss to little gain. Sometimes the greatest thing a person can do is bet the table maximum. In this case, that would be tanking for Caleb Williams or Drake May. Yes, this decision can turn out to be a disaster. However," The potential return on the upside is far, far greater. The choices are simple. Either bet the table minimum and continue to finish with 8, 9, 10 wins or take a chance, go all in, and give the franchise an opportunity to win a Lombardi. I just like a good poker analogy, so that's why I like this comment. Anyone who can weave in like poker and gambling things into an analogy, well done in my book. The thing, too, here is, you know what, we – and we probably don't talk nearly enough about this. If your goal is to be regular season relevant, which, by the way, a lot of our teams are now, like, you know, Twins just won a division. Twins have won divisions, you know what, 2019 and 20. Yeah, um, the, the Wild consistently now makes the playoffs. The Vikings are, you know, we, we, we've complained about this. They're always competitive until the playoffs. You know what we don't, because we're so hung up on Kirk's contract or past contract, you know what we don't talk about enough is what has this team done starting in 2018 when they get to the playoffs and how often do they get there? And the reality is, what, 2019, they won a playoff game, and then and then they got their ass literally kicked in San Francisco, and then they won 13 games last year, and they lost in the first round. So... I feel we get so hung up on Kirk's contract that we forget the bigger picture sometimes, which is we want a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and and I've consistently said this. And you know what? I don't care if you pay Kirk five bucks. Do I think he is a quarterback who's going to be holding a Lombardi trophy someday? I absolutely don't. And that's not a slam against him because, you know, if you there is nothing wrong with you if you like vanilla ice cream. And you know a good a good scoop of vanilla. I enjoy it sometimes I too. Love ice cream, but it, b- but it cream. but it ain't the Super Bowl of ice cream. Yeah. And 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 so you know, let's forget the contract for just a second and talk about what has this franchise achieved with Kirk. And I know bringing his salary down would help, but still, do I envision him? Can I see him up on the podium? That that sort of nineteen sixty five podium that CBS builds with Jim Nance. And it looks like it's going to take off from the stadium, hoisting a hoisting a Lombardi. No, bum, I don't. Bum, 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 that's CBS the, that's built the song the they're carrying. Podium. Yes, they're, they're carrying the trophy, and they play the same song every but year. But they build that little. It looks like something from the Jetsons, and they're the <laughs> only ones who build that podium. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, you, you were just saying something. You were talking about. Oh man, I just ice lost cream? my ice cream. Ice cream. What no is the cream. Super Bowl of ice creams then for you? Well, it's, it's something. It's something that's a mix of things. It's more exotic. It's more elaborate. It's like it's not. I mean, what grilled. about like I like cookies and cream, but that's all. Oh, that's like, good too. 
pretty simple. Moose it's tracks. And cream. You guys know what a moose tracks are? It's, yeah. it's like those like like little like caramel. It's like little. You know what it is? Mm. It's an ice cream that you take a chance on. And you're like, that looks sort of funky. It might be good. And it I might could, suck. I could play it safe. I could go with cookie dough. Or I could go with this triple deluxe fudge caramel. It might blow up in my face and give me indigestion. But if it doesn't, but, but what if it's just, <laughs> but I mean, what if it just hits the taste buds and it's phenomenal? And, no. and then furthermore, it works the taste buds. So like yeah. at first it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then you're like halfway through, you're like, oh, this is good. And then it hits the back taste buds and you're like, unbelievable. See, I, I'm more like a child, and I I love like my sour and gummy candy over like chocolate and ice cream. Like if the, if that like the, spoiler alert at my wedding, I'm having a designated gummy and candy section for wow. dessert because wow, I don't want dude. cake. I don't want oh, ice cream. God, Dawn will be thrilled. She I loves that I think I'm in. I like the un- the uniqueness of this idea. This is mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Another thing I think too in these conversations about. Because a lot of these, what should the Vikings do in the future conversations year after year after year start with a lot of the fan base of, well, you got to be careful because you could lose what you have, right? Right. Whether it's the quarterback or whether it's the eight or nine wins, you got to be careful because what we have is valuable and we don't want to lose what we have and be this other thing over here, like the Bears or the Browns over the years, right? But if we're being objective and real about this football team and this franchise, and I don't think people realize this. They've only made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons once since 2000. There's not a lot to protect. It's not like, oh, God, if we, if we take a risk on something or shake it up in some way, we might be losing 15 straight years of being a dynasty like the Patriots. Like when the Patriots were deciding, do we move on from Tom Brady? It was very heavy because they're sitting there trying to protect a 20-year dynasty, the greatest dynasty in the history of the league, right? When the 49ers are talking about, God, do we, you know, what do we do with Bill Walsh or whatever? Like Joe Montana got hurt. Do we make the transition to Steve Young in the early 90s? What do we do? It's heavy because they're in the playoffs every year. They're winning Super Bowls 55 to 10 dynasty, right? The Vikings have made the playoffs twice since Kirk Cousins signed, and they're probably not making the playoffs. There's so let's if they try something crazy by trading some veterans, or if they you know they try to get younger or whatever it is, it's not like we have a ton to lose here. Going back to the year two thousand, that's just want to make that clear to people. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going here on Feedback Friday. Tim Demarco chimes in, says, "Hey guys, great show. Thank you, Tim. I've been a Vikings fan since nineteen eighty four. The Les Steckel year was his first year as a Vikings fan, 3-13. and 13. I've been a fan of your show since about 2020. You guys have been recently talking about the Vikings' lack of blowouts. I did some research that I thought was astonishing. Going back to the last time the Vikings truly blew an opponent out was the Chargers game in 2019 in Los Angeles, that December game. Since that game, the Vikings have played 57 regular season games. They're 29-28, and 28, of course. The Vikings have won a meager five games out of those 57 by more than one score. All of them were at home, and the largest margin of victory was 16 points. He continues and says, obviously they haven't won a game by more than two scores since that Chargers game. By comparison, the 49ers in the five games they've played this year, four of them have been three-score blowouts this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know that like sometimes... You just want to win a game any way you can. But in terms of predictive value and how good is your team actually, if you can't just throttle teams, you're probably not one of the best teams in the NFL, right? If you're trying to justify, like, 
these close if you never games throttle every them, week. Yeah, then yes, yeah. Like and you they don't, don't even and they don't do San Francisco's, uh, you know, three times thr- throttling. But yes, well, you know what? The perfect the the prime example because uh, for pe- for people and I've seen this who push back on you and say, well, if they win, I mean, Phil's obsessed with throttling teams. Uh, the perfect example that will combine the the margin with the eye test, the Carolina game, Detroit. Now that was at home for D- Detroit. I get that, but Detroit throttled them. Um, from the eye test, that looked like a game. I mean, with how Bryce Young played, the Vikings should have won by four, at least 14, if not more. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of game where you watched it and and you realized they were lucky to win. Yeah. It kind of, it so, kind of tells you too. like, and plus in close games, weird things can happen. If you're, if you're constantly at the mercy of, you know, one penalty could swing the result or one turnover could sway the result or whatever it is. If that's the life that you live every single week in the NFL, you're not going to go 11 and 0 every single year in those games. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're going to go win 12 or 13 games and it's a sustainable thing from year to year where you're one of the best teams in the NFL, it can't just be that you're winning by three points every week. So that's amazing research, by the way, from Tim DeMarco. We got a great research staff here. Uh, our Purple oh, yeah. Daily listeners and viewers, you guys do a great job. Adrian Moore chimes and says, hey, guys, love the show. I will preface my question by stating I am an eternal optimist. That being said, am I wrong in wanting the Vikings to take one more shot at salvaging this season? I think if we can beat the Bears on Sunday, then you hold off on starting any trade conversations. See what happens against San Francisco. I know it's a big ask, but if we beat San Francisco, maybe the front office takes a deep breath. They'd be three and four coming off. If, if that were to happen, they'd be three and four. I know it'd be hard without Justin Jefferson to win these games, but if we can win the next two games, it'll give us a hope of a winning season, regardless of the outcome against the pa- I disagree with that next statement, though. You can't then lose to the Packers because, you know, you got to go on a run and win like five or six games in a row if you really want to finish with a winning record mathematically. But Adrian's trying to keep an optimistic viewpoint going in here. Judd looks befuddled. Well, I understand it. But again, my question comes back to, so do you want to, do you want, a regular season in which you get by like with, I don't know, nine wins or um, I guess the question is this, what do you want? What do you want? And, and here's my, so here's where I'll defend people like Adrian in their points, you know, the fan base, because it's been so long since they were in a Super Bowl, they of course, going back to 1967 when it started, have never won one. The fan base I think is, is has this weird thing with acceptance of the predicament and situation. So instead of saying like we did back in 2020, this is sort of just a lost cause. Like this team is going to do nothing. And then, but then sure enough, guns ablazing, they come out of the bye and they beat the Packers. And then, and then they win like three consecutive games and people are like, they're back. They might be back. I've seen interesting things about how right before people die, they have a resurgence. So like if, if, if you're real sick and you're going to die, like a, like a day before you die, you're just back. And it's like, oh, my God, grandma or grandpa is recovering really well. This is unbelievable. But it's part of the progression of death. <laughs> Dancing around the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but, then, but then like a two days after that, you pass away and that's life. This is, this is like the Vikings. This is like our sports teams. The Wild. The old furious rallies, right? No, we're back. Hand from the grave. We're back. We're back. It's like, Undertaker. no, you're not. 
So, like, like I guess it depends on what you want. But with this this Vikings team, I don't see enough to say, well, if they beat the Bears and then they do this and then they do that, just let it play out. Just let it play out. As Quinn points out in the YouTube comments, that's what happened to Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka. Oh, that guy got out of a bed and somehow miraculously took took Charlie to the chocolate factory. It Come made on, no sense. And he didn't he didn't even die. That guy just all of a sudden I here's my thing. Great Grandpa Joe, lazy as hell. Oh, and yeah. then saw opportunity. And yes. then saw opportunity. I'm talking about that last gasp that you get when you're like, I feel better, blah blah blah, and then you die. Someone I saw someone point out on Twitter a couple days ago that that uh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is like the Saw movie series for kids. <laughs> Yes. It's like saw, but for kids, you know, yes. you're not, we're not going to like cut someone's leg off or anything, but you it know, is. we might. Dude, it, it's a trippy movie. It, it's honestly a, it's borderline, not a kid's movie. Oh, it's, it's not a kid's movie. The, the Johnny Depp one was not the, the Gene Wilder one was, but, but the book is not for kids. Eating better is easy with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time you can sign up and save and we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 and use code purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off that's code purple daily 50 at factormeals.com slash purple daily 50 to get 50 percent off go check out factor meals uh, let's right. see here. On the same line here, Skull VA chimes in here and says, "Dudes, I have a call to action for you. What do the live in the moment Vikings fans do? Sure, I can be excited for the 2024 draft and for next season, but I want to watch football now, and I want to root for the Vikings to win right now, and watch them win games without thinking about how winning the game might jeopardize their draft position. That's not a fun way to watch football for me." As certified Vikings fan therapists, it is your duty to address this situation on the show for all the fans who don't, who don't enjoy wasting what should have been a perfectly good season. I mean, this is a tough one. Judd, you're the technically you're the lead therapist here, so we're just gonna we're gonna defer to to the sports dad here. What do you what do you tell Skull VA and other Vikings fans that I don't want to root against my team? I would start to root for the progression of pl- of players on your team, especially the youngsters who play. Um, but you know what is so? I'm not saying actively root for the Bears on Sunday, but but here's the thing: you can't lose because if you because if the Vikings win, as a fan, you're like, okay, yeah, the Vikings won. If they lose, yeah, guess what? Draft pick. But you can root for root for the progression of Kalen Addison. Root for the or, progression or of, Jordan Addison, unless Kalen Addison, uh, Jordan Addison. I'm wants sorry, to I'm, strap on yeah, the football pads. I'm I'm going to say that all year long, and I apologize for that. But yeah, root for the progression of uh, you know if Ty Chandler plays right, 
So, like, I think there's things. There is certainly compelling reasons to watch games. I am, and this show is in no way will ever suggest that that you should tune out. Like, it's not like screw them. I'm going to go rake the leaves. Um, but I think that there's still certain things definitely to watch for. And and again, if they win, okay, be happy. But if they lose, you can be happy too. Where a year ago, you know, with 13 wins, it's just like just keep keep on the train here so i think that's how you look at it since you started talking and answering that question i've seen at least four people in the youtube comment section say they are actively rooting for the bears on sunday so well and if that's your bag that's great too yeah i think you kind of nailed it if if you're if you're still in this season mode that's awesome root however you want to root root for the vikings but just know that if they lose there's a lot of fun discussions to be had about how the team can be better going forward, you know? And we, I think we, we love those discussions on this show because the majority of our show, it's a 365-day-a-year Viking show. So we love doing the off-season conversations. I think they come kind of naturally to us because, you know, we're producing content in June <laughs> and right. in March and in April and stuff. So we are here for you either way. We're here to break down the game. If they win, we're in the moment. If they don't, we're here to start taking a fun look at how they can maybe get better going into 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Did uh, did anyone take Daniel Jones this week in QB cesspool challenge? Did you get? Did basically <sighs> one of you two take them? Because I didn't. I didn't. Let know. me just see. Are they benching him? He's out for Sunday with a neck injury. Yeah, he he hurt his neck last week. That that's not surprising. I I steered clear partially because of that. Uh, he watched them put up 40 points now. No, it's, we have Bryce Young. Judd has Bryce Young. I have Ryan Tannehill. Declan yep. has Russell Wilson. Oh, yep. good so. luck, by the way. Russ was. Oh, stupid. yeah. What was his QBR? Do we know? Like 13. And if he Ooh. doesn't throw that touchdown pass, that's a yeah. single digit QBR. Boy, Russ is, it's. It's bad. It's, it's, it might be over, dude. It might mm-hmm. not be bad. It might be over. His contract hasn't even kicked in yet. I can't believe you guys in particular wanted him two years ago as the Vikings quarterback. Remember how I was pushing for him so much? And you're like, dude, what are you talking about? I yeah. see. A, I, I was see telling you, drop- no, man, he's going off the cliff. There's going to be a sharp drop off. What are you talking about? Yeah, I said Mackie. trade for Drew Locke. I told you to trade it for the right Broncos quarterback. Okay, you trade for Drew Locke. That was the right one for the back. Would you oh, rather have Drew Seattle Locke too. next year or Russell Wilson? Well, Drew Locke, because I the <laughs> contract's like $12. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Sanchez chimes in here and says, I understand you and the whole sports media need talking points, but Kirk isn't getting traded. It's not happening. This isn't Madden. You can't just plug a quarterback in, especially with Kirk's limitations, and expect to win in the middle of a season. Any GM with half a brain knows this. You can't just trade quarterbacks like you can any other position. No active starting quarterback has ever been traded and had it work out successfully in that year. Jimmy G was the closest thing in 2017. The Bradford trade happened before week one, and he went seven and eight as a starter. You're too late in the season. I will say this is a generally good point in that it doesn't matter who it is. To come in, you got to know that And Kirk is very particular, and this is why I think at the end of the day he would refuse to waive his no-trade clause because you got to know the timing with the receivers, the system. There's so much studying. I think he would feel woefully underprepared to just step in and play like even if he took a week to learn the system so yeah i mean these are good points and especially as you just said with kirk 
like if there's one quarterback that I would say that's not going to to work, and it's not because Kirk is bad, it's because to your point, Kirk is particular. But yeah, this is this is why you trade Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Because I keep going back to this. If you trade Hunter to the Jaguars, the Jaguars say, "Hey, Daniel, there's the quarterback. Go sack him." <laughs> you know, yeah, and exactly. and yeah. and he has to have a loose knowledge of what they're doing behind him, probably. But not, loose, no, not is, really. <laughs> but, but but it doesn't matter exactly. Yeah. So so yes, I, I, you know, trying to liken the trade of a starting quarterback in in season to like a baseball you know a team picks up a pitcher it's not the same at all because you're asking that you're asking that guy to immediately step in and digest a ton of of things and i did see the uh there was just a comment that sam bradford did pretty much that when he when he was traded here he didn't start against the titans but then he started week two and onward and yes that did work out in that case and that's great but that was also again at the start of a season where they could probably simplify things i guess my question is this if you were to trade kirk cousins tomorrow to the falcons how much could the falcons strip down their system to sort of get it to where kirk could run it efficiently and how would kirk take that how would kirk process that sam bradford and kirk probably very different people as far as personalities i would say if that trade happens he might have to work on a tuesday to uh you know just get the extra information crammed well here's throw out there here's the kirk thing um, if you traded, and, and again, this is more why it would not work. If you traded Kirk right now, his wife and kids aren't going to come along, right? And if it's and Atlanta, if it's Atlanta, they might, right? They or might. Like, well, they're in school and stuff, right? right but mean. but but the point is is this: um, guys like uh, there are. I think Gus Farad had this in two thousand eight. His deal was he was allowed to go home on Tuesdays, like fly home. And so to your point, you know, Kirk, Kirk, to his detriment from a football standpoint, but to his ever loving credit from being a dad and, and a, a human is not, I don't think, going to abandon his wife and kids like he's going to want to see them. And yep. as a human, that's awesome. But these are all roadblocks to what we're trying to talk about, which is. How could you possibly trade? Yeah. So to that point, it isn't Madden. There's a lot of human elements involved here that would make it logistically really difficult. And keep in mind, too, with the Bradford situation, Pat Shermer was the – well, I know Nora Turner was the OC, but Pat Shermer had coached Bradford as the OC in the, with the Eagles the season before. That was an easy transition going from your old offensive coordinator to a guy who was in the building who made his life a lot easier. Like, the situations that were set up for Sam Bradford were actually pretty genius, and that's probably why he was able to step in with 10 days of knowledge and rest and beat the Packers in his first start. But that was they started like, five and zero, oh, and he was really yeah, good. He was like, really he good. Came out firing. It was actually the end of the season where the whole team kind of. That's a great point, though. Yeah, went sideways, and so. the offensive coordinator for the Falcons is Dave Ragone. I, I have no idea well, who, who the hell and, that is. And their coach r- runs it, Ar- mm-hmm. Arthur Smith, who was with uh, the OC right. mm-hmm. with the Titans and got the job off of that. Correct. I think he yep. he he uh, calls plays, but it's not just Kirk trading any quarterback. That that point is spot on. Mm-hmm an in-season trade of a quarterback to a system that he might not know would be extremely difficult to pick up and just take the ball and run with it. Hey, these uh, Feedback Friday sessions, by the way, are presented in part by our friends at Surly Brewing Company. Surly's Before I Die Lager, helping people get through a rocky start to the Viking season, Judd. The Viking season might be a lost cause, but you know what's not? Before I Die, from our friends, as Phil just said, at 
surly because before I die, we'll speak to the mission until until the day we are gone. It will speak to the mission of this franchise or until the day they hoist the Lombardi of a Super Bowl championship. And and before I die, fantastic. I think I might enjoy a few furiouses tonight as, as well. Uh, so many great beers, including um, the the um, Surly Furious Logic Bomb, which is great. So check them out. Sur- uh, Surly Brewing, appreciate their longtime sponsorship of our shows here on Score North. Yes, indeed. Also, a shout out to our friends at Three Jack in the North Loop, Declan. Just a fantastic spot. We've had a couple uh, company gatherings at Three Jack in the last few months. Great spot. Yeah, Three Jack's an awesome spot. You get your golf simulators uh, in and, you know, those fall golf tee times. Or if it's like today, like it's pouring rain, you can't get on the golf course today. Yeah, we can get your swings in at Three Jack. And also a purple daily special for anyone who goes to Three Jack. You receive one free pint per person with the purchase of any food item to guess who mentioned that they heard Three Jack on Purple Daily. So if you stop into Three Jack in the North Loop in Minneapolis, it's close to Target Field. It's close to a lot of happening things. Uh, mention Purple Daily, and you'll receive one free pint per person with the purchase of any food item or guess who mentions that they heard this on Purple Daily. Go check out our friends and support our friends, Three Jack. Awesome. Uh, right, back to the feedback here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Marshall Van Ornum writes a letter. He writes it through us to the Wilfs. Okay. It's entitled, Dear Wilfs. Marky Mark and Dolph Ziggy. I understand your mindset to please the fans by attempting to be as competitive as possible throughout your ownership of the Vikings. I want them to win as well. But I believe I speak for the majority of fans when I say taking a step back to take two steps forward is okay. I would be overjoyed to see you allow the trading of aging players with expiring contracts here in the next week or two. If you were to not trade away and run it back next year or think you can make a run this year, it would be like shooting continual shots of Novocaine and just not caring about the pain anymore. Please hear me out, Mark and Ziggy. You will not lose the fan base if you take a step back. In fact, I believe there would be a bigger buzz about the organization if we knew we were bringing in a young stud quarterback on a rookie contract to be able to put those assets into the trenches, linebackers, cornerbacks. Let's not get to the point of needing an intervention because you think mediocrity is success. You know what? Yeah. That's yeah, a great that's... letter. Yep. They won't lose the fan base. These fans well, no. are entrenched, man. If you were uh, and if you were on the the verge of with a high draft pick taking a quarterback or if you take one. Do you know what the excitement would, would be immediately? What the excitement like like we all fear, well, what if he's the next ponder? Well, what if he's not? But furthermore, Dude, what, if it, what if it's Josh Allen or and until God training forbid, camp Patrick starts, Mahomes, if you take a quarterback in the first round, relatively high or very high in April, do you know what the excitement becomes? Like, there's no position that will create that type of excitement. So that's that letter is spot on, and I, I think in a lot of ways reflects what a lot of us think, which is this need to always be competitive. Um, while certainly not a terrible thing because you don't want to go into b- being uh, what the Lions were for years, it is something that at times impedes you. And so, yeah, I think the excitement would be off the charts. I think he is spot on in saying what he did in that letter. You know, he adds a side note here 
to the fans who think you're a bad fan if you want the Vikings to lose in the short term. Marshall says, wanting the Vikings to lose games does not make you a loser if you're not playing in the games. A fan, As a fan who pays to watch the games, it has simply come to the point where I want to see changes, and in order to do that in the NFL, they need to lose and lose a lot just for one year. It's like... It's like your Thursday morning is going really bad and you leave work early and take Friday off just to get to the weekend, then get back at it on Monday, right? Um, I agree. Like, I don't think you're... A, this is the thing, too. If, if I were to say, hey, there's two paths. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. Path number one is it's murky. The odds are almost completely impossible, but you can keep pushing forward, right? Path number two starts with a giant step backwards. But the possibility of something bigger, it's not guaranteed, but the possibility. It's like, it's not just linear. It's not just if you root for the Vikings to win or lose, you are a good or bad fan, right? I think everyone involved, this is what I just want to say. Like, there's different, I'm I'm not judging. If you want the Vikings to beat the Bears, awesome. If you want the Vikings to lose the Bears, awesome. We're all here on Purple Daily because the fan base wants the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, right? And I tend to believe that doing things the way they're doing it with the quarterback that they have. The roster is good, but it's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. You need capital. You need assets to build your house better. How are you going to build your house? You know, getting more assets to build a house for the future makes some sense. So good stuff from Marshall. Well done. Well done, Marshall. Ryan Snavely says, question for you, gentlemen. Do you think Kevin O'Connell should consider giving up play calling? Maybe give it to Wes Phillips. There seems to be some in-game management type issues, and part of it could be KOC just has too much on his plate. This is year two in the offense, the exact same personnel, and yet it seems like these guys have a tough time lining up, getting to the right play, executing. The last thing I'll add is the inexcusable burning of timeouts. What happened to being situational masters? What do you think? Do you think he's kind of swimming in the deep end here with some of this? He's definitely takes uh, he's taken steps back. Um, it felt like a year ago and it's really weird because because that was the first time that he's really called plays consistently um and it felt we weird because he did a good job i don't remember a lot of clock screw-ups last year and i mean on sunday we saw a slew of them i mean the second half was uh you you could basically put that on film as a training session for coaches of what not to do Mm -hmm. now do i want him to give up play calling i think it's part of why he's here (laughs) So, um, but I do, I do want an assessment. I would love to know who's doing what when it comes to like the clock. I I think that there are definitely situations from so far the first, what, five games to look at and they need to be corrected. Like you can't continue to burn timeouts. There's, um, there have been, I think more questionable challenges. Again, the challenge when, when you burned a timeout because Garrett Bradbury didn't go down, and now you're going to challenge what you know is going to be an incredibly tough thing to overturn. So I don't know I want him to give – I don't think I want him to give up play calling. I would like somebody – and I he was supposed to have or he had his situational guy, his game management guy. I, I would like to know what has transpired there more than I'm going to pound the table and call for him not to call plays. Yeah. Yeah, it's I it it does feel like things are murkier here. Some of the just yeah. breaking the huddle with seven seconds left on the play clock a couple times in that second half and the burning of timeouts. 
it it does it's a lot man like you're trying to literally call a game and you're trying god i hate i always morph into the the cousins hater don't i but you don't exactly have a quarterback that's comfortable driving the car like he wants right. to be in the passenger seat while you drive the car hey tell me what play to run tell me when to call timeouts he doesn't have a true partner like most th- coaches with a 35 year old veteran quarterback would have if that makes sense this does not um this does not revolve around all of the, the problems because they certainly aren't all on the QB. But do you think he's trying to trust Kirk more? Like, because something's different here. Like, something has definitely changed. A, a year ago, you did not see, I feel like we've seen more problems in five games than we saw in 17 regular season games a year ago. Do you think he's trying to empower Kirk more and it's not taking? I don't know. It's like it's not so spiking the ball. Like I feel a year ago they spiked that that ball. And I know Hawkinson could have caught that pass, but the fact is, if you're concerned about crowd noise, if you spike the ball, crowd noise ends. Yeah. So like I can't I can't figure out and he's not going to talk about it necessarily, but what has changed here because I don't think Kevin's gotten dumb. You know, it's he, not like oh, I forgot how to coach. Yeah. No, it's 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 hard to know unless we're in the headset, you know, hearing the the discussions on game day. Corey Larson chimes in. Oh. I'm in a headset right now. All right, go ahead. Clench those teeth. Corey Larson says, if we redid the entire 2023 NFL draft after five weeks of this season, where would Ivan Pace be drafted? <laughs> That's oh oh Corey day two Corey. Nice. I think day two because all the questions about his size and stuff. He's been one of the better linebackers in the end. Let me pull up the PFF grades just for reference. He's been but very good. Yeah, he's been that's a good a, player, man. I love that. That's a great question. Corey. He wouldn't be a first round pick, but he wouldn't. He certainly wouldn't be undrafted. Obviously, third or fourth round pick. Two pick, yeah, yeah, third or fourth round. He might be. He might be at the very top of day three, but yeah, that'd make perfect sense. So far this season, it's been damn good. Let's see here. Let's go. Inside linebackers, overall grade. Interesting. So there have been, this is really interesting. Okay, how many qualified, before I give you these rankings, 83 qualified inside linebackers in the NFL this year. Jordan Hicks ranks 8th. Ivan Pace Jr. ranks 11th. In terms of pass rushing, Ivan Pace is 3rd as a pass rushing inside linebacker. He has 7 total pressures, in uh, the 45 pass rushing snaps that they have asked him to to run, so so they and Jordan Hicks having a good season. That's another expiring contract that might make that's sense a, for somebody. That's, that's a great trade ship right there. Asamoah pops in, right? Troy Die, whoever, someone someone off a of practice yeah. squad. I mean, at that point, you're yeah. just kind of patchwork. Exactly. Uh, Daniel Hicks chimes in here, no relation, and says, "Not to get you in trouble with the Crusaders." Oh, here we go but this has been bothering me for a while in your three humble opinions is cousins, a smart pre-snap quarterback. I feel like it's rare to see him. And then he lists off some things, break the huddle with two plays and go with the best option based on defensive alignment. Well, some of that's like he needs to be getting two plays in his helmet. And they oftentimes do it. When you hear him yell, I will defend him here. Can, 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 can that happens probably like once every possession. Can, can, can means, hey, the thing we just called, can it. We're going to the second thing here, the alteration, right? 
Yeah. Uh, he rarely calls for additional blocking help because he sees that the, de- the defense is overloaded to one side. Some of that, this is where Alex Boone has been a godsend for, for this show. Some of that is uh, Austin Schlotman is a backup center. The center is, I mean, the quarterback can step in and, and, and do some things too, but generally the center is the one that calls the, hey, we're sliding right, sliding left. Hey, yes. it's, it's a 5-0, whatever. Yes. Um, now, could... Now, can Kirk call for, like, a realignment of a run? Hey, I need Alex Madison. I know you're out here right now. I need you over here. Some of that's offensive line and having a backup center. Uh, Beating a blitz with hot routes, ball security on the play. or I'm sorry, uh, ball on the play called because he sees J.J. is in man coverage. Or bail. He says bail. Uh, Hurry up offense because the defense is showing the wrong personnel. Yeah, I mean, Kirk is great at carrying out the script. And I saw there was a number that someone put out. I think it was like the Athletic put out some analytics. This is last year. And they graded quarterbacks on their first read, and he was elite. But then, like, as you get to the more improvisational second read, third read, the play is evolving a little bit here. His effectiveness compared to other quarterbacks drops after the first read. But if you give him a script and and everything goes as anticipated and his first read is there, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's it's the other stuff as things yeah. get murkier where he has more problems compared to other quarterbacks. If Kirk has the teleprompter, he's damn good. Um if if they if they improvise, if this becomes a second city comedy situation in which improv is king, he's yeah. in trouble. So he's yeah. Ron Burgundy. You take him <laughs> off that prompter. Bleep you, you San know. Diego. <laughs> you know what he sort of is? He's a movie star who's got a script, right? And he's handsome and he can be the leading man. But our favorite show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, is basically all improvised. Like, like they come up with the, they know what they're, they know what they want as an end result and they have no idea how they're going to get there. (laughs) Kirk on that, it'd be a problem. Yeah. Yes, that I, I'm trying to envision Kirk in a scene with Larry David. I think he could yeah. actually kill it, man. I think if, he would if, too, if he's actually, given the yeah. direction, yeah, because right. he he did a good job at the NFL like honors, right? He did the Kirko chains thing. That was on he short would, notice. He would kill it, but he wouldn't know he's killing it. He he would actually get skittish because he he would think I'm I'm not carrying out what they they want, but that's what makes Kirk endearing at times. And so yes, I think it would actually be very funny. Yes. Let's see here. A couple more here on this Feedback Friday. Uh, Roger chimes in here. And you know what? Roger's Roger has... There's a couple of good questions here. Roger's is presented by our friends at Livia. Let's tell our audience about if they're looking to change their lives, lose 15, 20, maybe 40 or more pounds, Livia is a great place to start. Yep. In fact, I in fact, right, right there, you are uh, see, seeing that I dropped 40 pounds a couple of years ago through this program at because this program works. And you talk about going off uh, script right now, Livia Weight Control Centers is doing exactly that because they have extended Livia days now. And here's what you're going to get. Ordinarily, it's been three months for, uh, for free. Your first six months are now going to be for free. Now, this is for a l- limited time. But again, six months free. Imagine that. Imagine all the weight that you can lose in that time. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. 
six months for free, you're going to drop the, the weight. And most importantly, then you're going to keep that weight off. You're going to feel great. Livia.com is where you go. Okay, Roger says, I don't really believe this narrative. God, I hope not. But is it possible Kevin O'Connell is a one-year wonder? Mm. I live in Chicago Bears country. Look at Matt Nagy, Mark Tressman. They come out mm. of the gate. Great first year. Didn't Tress, Didn't uh, Nagy win like 12 games his first year yeah. with Mitch Trubisky? 2018. Yeah. And then blah. that's the year they came here and beat beat the Vikings and Kirk on the last day of the uh, season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think? That's a, I mean, one, that's a very scary thing to say. Two is, I don't think so. But now that you've opened the door, I sure as hell hope that's not the case. Um, I So here's part of the thing. I think a lot of times when coaches like that get off to a great start and it goes backwards, it's largely because you lose the locker room. Like guys start to see through your, your act. It's not college. Um, and so players are adults and once players, if players deem that your act is exactly that an act, I think, uh, that's where guys, that's like the start of it falling apart. I sense that the players gravitate towards and that nothing's changed there with O'Connell. Like, I don't think it's an act. So my inclination is to say, no, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. Um, but that just changed my day. Now, now I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. What if it's a one, what if it's a one year wonder? What what if it's a one hit? He wrote one I, great hit. I don't think it is. I don't either. I also think, in a lot of ways, they are a better team than they were last year, if not for turnovers. So, do you just do you do you say, hey, they've got an historic amount of turnovers, and therefore the coach is incompetent? I think the Bears' struggles with those other two guys that were mentioned, Nagy and Tressman, went deeper than just like, oh, they turned the ball over a lot and we fired a coach. So I, st- I still think Kevin O'Connell has that it quality as a head coach. I don't know that, as, as we'll get to in this next comment here, I don't know that he has the personnel to be operating on the level of some of the best teams in the NFL. And he has not had a good year himself, but I don't know that that makes him a bad coach. Like, like, and, and and I don't, and again, I don't have any sense that the locker room is like, oh boy, you know, we, we bought into his act last season, but now, now we're not. And that would be a major concern. If I sense the players were turning, then you got problems. I just think it's been a bad year for a lot of guys, but O'Connell hopefully learns from this and bounces back stronger. Okay. One more here. Ron Bryant says, Hey guys. Is it time for you to talk about Byron Murphy's play as our premier free agent ad this last offseason? Yes. According to PFF, his coverage rating is second to last on a team with a quarterback rating against him of 125.4. Yep. Um, His targets are the highest on the team, which is interesting. I mean, yeah, it's so 117 qualified cornerbacks in the NFL this year. Byron Murphy Jr., 104 in overall grade, and his coverage grade is a disaster. So, mm-hmm. excuse me. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's been bad. Yeah, I, I had questions about it just in general just because you're going from a guy who was more of a gadget corner in, in Arizona and is coming off his rookie deal and just signs a two-year, like, it was a tall ask for him to step in and be the number one corner. Now he had to be because they legitimately have no nobody else outside of a rookie or a second year player. Yeah. But I think 
my reservations about him stepping in and just being a stud cornerback off the bat um, were high, and I, I think we're seeing it play out before our eyes right now. I think I say that uh, within the next couple of weeks, we we devote an episode to PFF grades of a few things that have gone well. I, Ivan Pace being a perfect example mm-hmm. and things that have not gone well, because I think the, I think this talker about Murphy is has been sort of ignored. And we're now five games in and, you know, Josh Oliver and Byron Murphy Jr. were your free agent splash guys. And when we talk about can this team properly identify guys, uh, I say that we do an episode that focus on, focuses on some of the good but bad, too, because it's yeah. a concern to me that his grade is that bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's definitely – it's it'll be a good next week discussion regardless of what happens against the Bears here. So that's a wrap on this Feedback Friday, Purple Daily daily Vikings entertainment. If you haven't already, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the purple daily YouTube channel, and also on the audio side, if you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple and Spotify, it just helps us keep growing this awesome community of Vikings fans that uh, you guys are helping us build here. So we'll hit you with a Saturday purple picks episode, and then we'll hit you with Vikings vent line live on the purple daily YouTube channel, right after Vikings bears finish up on Sunday. Judd, Dex, I'm Phil. This is Purple Daily. Hey, everyone. My name is Phil Mackey. Welcome to Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance, where we talk to next-generation business owners and leaders about their processes, the challenges they face, their leadership philosophies, their vision for the future of business. And our guest, as you can see, if you're watching this episode, um, is uh, someone that um, has helped craft one of my personal favorite restaurant chains, Red, whether it's Red Cow or Red Rabbit, under the same umbrella. Michael Giacomini, uh, Director of Finance, officially for Red Cow and Red Rabbit. And um, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'd love to just sort of dive into what led you up to your ventures with Red Cow Red Rabbit and sort of what you see for the future. So thanks for coming on. So we started 10 years ago. Actually, my mom and dad founded it. Um, we have a long history of working in restaurants. My mom was in restaurant distribution for 30 years. My dad ran different restaurants. I've worked in restaurants. My grandpa was in distribution. So there's a lot of food and restaurants going on um, on our side of the family. You guys don't just hire people at Red Cow, Red Rabbit. Um, you've even put employees through leadership training at Red Cow, Red Rabbit. So what is that process like for you guys? Who do you look to hire Um what is your leadership philosophy? You're not just like, all right, we're going to hire a chef. We're going to hire a, you know, a, a server. Just get on out there and, and do your thing. It seems like there's more thought put into it. I was super fortunate that my dad was very much so about leadership development. And he always has said, we're a leadership development company that happens to serve cheeseburgers is kind of his tagline. And I love that tagline. Wow. So over the years, we've invested in different leadership coaches or different leadership classes Um, to help grow our internal team members in order to become better leaders because it's so important. We think everything starts with leadership for them. And then when it comes to hiring, we came up with our mission statement, like I said, which is to create raving fans. And then we have our four core values, which are we care tons, we want to win, we love this, and team first. And we really interview around those four core values. And our philosophy is, is if we can hire someone that matches with those, we can teach them how to serve cheeseburgers. Awesome, man. 
Uh, well, this has been uh, Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching.